league full of bottlers, just one relegation space remaining. A surprise manager of the year. A return to glory for a Spanish striker. Questions all thrown up by this weekend's Premier League fixtures. And only one podcast is prepared to answer them. It's not ours, but welcome anyway to the Sunday League podcast. Here to discuss just how great Diego Costa is. It's Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Scott. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Thank you. Still on the 0%, Dan? No, I'm going to have to apologise to you guys. <laughs> it, got to, it got to Friday and the uh, missus persuaded me to drink. So it, it didn't take much. Uh, didn't take much persuading, but uh, no. Then I was on my way home this evening, and uh, I got that call again saying she'd had a difficult day. So uh, yeah, she's persuaded me again today. Unfortunately, uh, it's calling again, lads. Sorry. Uh, hey, at least we'll save our money betting on you in the squash tournament. <laughs> yes, certainly. <laughs> and the man that thought Bournemouth were only good enough for a draw. Adam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm great, thank you. Uh, he's come around thick and fast. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I I either thought Bournemouth were going to get the draw or the win. I just didn't add that in the last podcast. Okay. Which beer's in the rotation tonight, Adam? So, I'm on the uh, local to Somerset, Lily Cider. This is rhubarb. So, I'm not a huge fan of rhubarb, but... It's in the fridge. I'm going to try it. Oh, All goes down the same hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, like I said, the shops were back open, so I'm back on the beer tonight. And the, the trusty Malagasy Gold Blonde. So, yeah, we're, we're in for a good good pot, I reckon. Back on the beer. So, hopefully, hopefully we not don't get as irate as we did earlier in the well last week. Now, but you never know. You never know. Yes, this smells delightful. <laughs> Right, without further ado, let's start at the London Stadium, where for the second time in two weeks, Arsenal got off to a lightning start, only to be pegged and drew 2-2. Against Liverpool, it could be argued it was a point gained, but damn, this must be two points dropped. For sure, Scott, this is uh, this is a bigger two points than the week before in my eyes. Uh, I was watching the game and I thought, this is going straight to plan. Maybe I didn't I didn't put it in the podcast before and I, I thought they were going to be uh, tighter at the back West Ham going at the start of the game. But then when Arsenal came out, all guns blazing, I thought it's going to be a routine win for Arsenal. But then I, I don't know what happened. It just came out the out of the blue where Declan Rice, uh, what, what, who did he uh, challenge? Uh, chap in the middle of the park, uh, partying. Yeah. Why is why has he been brought down there? You know what Lucas Paqueta's looking for there as soon as he's gone through. He's not going to be striking on goal. It's just a silly challenge from Gabriel. And it kind of gives uh, West Ham the route back into the game, which they weren't in prior to that penalty decision. And then, yeah, so obviously straightforward. He scores the goal and you're thinking, actually, Arsenal probably came back out after that. And it was, you thought... They're still looking comfortable here, but uh, yeah, then Saka steps. I'm not comfortable myself. I don't know whether Arsenal fans are, but when he misses, you're like, this is going to be West Ham's game. And yeah, uh, a great goal from uh, Bowen, wasn't it? I thought 
He made that look pretty uh, simple from a good volley, to be honest. And I thought after that, it was all West Ham, to be honest. Uh, Antonio hits the bar in the last minute. And uh, yeah. yeah, Arsenal could have been going home with no points, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel with um, with Gabriel when he when he did tackle uh, Paqueta, I, I kind of felt that he was going to go with the, as if to say, oh, it was a handball. So it's as if he, he was like, oh, well, this is going to get pulled back anyway. But it came, I think it just came off his, um, his chest, didn't it? I don't think it hit anywhere near his arm. Well, I, I thought it was handball, uh, to be honest, if I remember right. I thought it was, it was handball. And I don't understand, I don't understand when, I ha- you know, if a lad punches it in, yeah, obviously it's ruled out for VAR, ruled out handball. But I don't understand where it starts and stops, you know, in this goal scoring thing of, because the lad handballed it and then, you know, skinned a player and passed it. It's no, like, you know, it's a new phase of play. But the bloke handballed it at the end of the day. He handballed it. You know, like, if he doesn't handball it, then it's not going to lead to a penalty, is it? But Gabriel, I don't, I don't know what he was doing. I have no idea. And it is, mate, um, for those obviously that can't see the podcast, um, I've started to call him Continental Rob. And uh, we've got Continental Harris tonight, who's wearing a very similar hairstyle <laughs> to uh, Rob Holding. So for those that don't know Harris, that, he's now a Rob Holding lookalike. So, um, and Harris, I reckon you could probably defend better than Rob Holding. So uh, I don't know who that speaks volumes of. Um, well, yeah, if it's anything great. like my, uh, if it's anything like the six aside performance last night, and my defending was top class once again. Um, <laughs> so I might, I might have to start getting back into some league football because I realise how good I actually am. Oh, okay. Uh, I tell you what, Harris, Saka, yeah, he missed the penalty, and what about two minutes later, Jared Bowen scored an equaliser. Is that the moment at the end of the season that Arsenal fans look back at and go? That's where that's where we didn't win the league. That you know, that's the two points gone just there. That two minutes there is that the moment? Yeah, yeah. Because even like Dan said, even at the point that um, West Ham did equalise, I didn't really see Arsenal threatening much. I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't really see that they were going to say, "Oh yeah, they're going to they're going to go on and win this four two. They're going to kick on and get another two goals. Get that two goal difference again." Um, if anything, it looked like West Ham had played. Well, it looked like Ars- West Ham had got the free game in the week. Arsenal looked tired come the end of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And, the, and then you you look at David Moyes' reaction when they did go two 0 down. So and Arsenal made that look so simple. He was furious. So then whatever was said at half time clearly worked. And yeah, it was like yeah. you know it's. He could have said, look, I'm not going to be here at the end of uh, next season. Let's just focus on getting this, uh, stopping Arsenal, winning the league, local derby. Let's let's get it done. And the, whatever yeah. was said worked. OK, so let's move on and talk about Manchester City. Um, they got off to a quick start themselves and they put the game to bed by pretty much half-time. Um, are they now favourites for the league, Adam? I want to say yes, but I'm hoping Arsenal can can at least try and get the like get over the line. You know, when when Leicester won the the league, the, we were getting one nil wins because it was like we we're going we we're taking lead and then we we'll, we'll defended. I'm hoping Arsenal can do that. I do want Arsenal to win the league, but 
you're right saying that Man City are, are looking favourites because when you when you look at the two teams, Man Man City are not slipping up. They're they're destroying teams as well. It's not like I think they've they've scored three over three goals in a game in the last four five games. So they're they're they're, they're definitely turning it on. Um, the the game against Leicester definitely over at half time. If I'm honest, I turned it off. Didn't see our goal. Um, and I think that's just down to the fact that my reaction on the last pod saying that I'm not going anymore kind of still stands. Um, from what I'm being told, the lad said in the last 10, 15 minutes when they decided to take off all the players, which they which they do, make five subs, they take off the the average players and put on some bang average players. This is this is Man City I'm on about. Uh, because all of a sudden Leicester got back in the game, and we we could have we could have gone three two, and I reckon if we'd gone three two, we could have easily nicked a draw. Looking at the chances on the the highlights, so yeah, Matt, Man City are going to be favourites, but I do want Arsenal to win. Now, interestingly, Dan, um, I think Arsenal play this Friday in the Premier League at home to Southampton. Um, Man City will then play in the FA Cup, so. I think that then means that Arsenal, Man City's next Premier League game is Arsenal. Now, at that point in time, Arsenal have obviously got to play two games more, but potentially can be a few more points clear. Does that have any bearing on it? Or is it just all come down to that one-off game and if Man City win, the title's over? I, I think, uh, well, this Friday, if you're correct in what you're saying, that game is massive for Arsenal because... Even if they go in the lead now, just in the back of them players' minds will be, well, we've been 2-0 up before. Southampton ain't going to be out of that game. Southampton have got nothing to lose. It's a bit like a, it's a bit like the Leicester game for, against Man City at the weekend. They go there and it's, it's basically written already that Southampton have lost. So it doesn't matter to Southampton. It's, it's a bit of a win-win situation, really. It's... Yeah, that's a massive game for Arsenal. They have to go in and win that because Man City are Man City are flying at the moment. I think they've won what nine of the last games, and obviously they've got the game on Wednesday night in the Champions League. And if they come out of that and they're they're through in the Champions League, they're going to be buzzing whatever there is buzzing whatever the outcome. Really, in my eyes. Uh, before I ask you both a, a proper question, I'm going to give you one comment on Leicester. And this, I think, sums up where the club is at the moment. I think it was on Tuesday, or it might have been Wednesday, the club tweeted out, uh, Sancho has signed a, a contract for next season with Atletico Madrid. Um, so he will be playing for the under-21s for the rest of the season and not involved with the first team. On Saturday, he's starting in a back three. Now, you think before you send that message out, you'd have at least have a word with a gaffer and say, is this lad in your plans? Because we're about to tell the world that he's not. Uh, I don't know. That for me is, it kind of sums up the season, I think, um, like where there's clueless decision after clueless decision and this is where we are. And we'll leave Leicester there because we always talk about Leicester. Here's my question for you both. And I want, well, a maximum of a two-word answer. Who's going to win the Prem? Arsenal or Man City, Harris? Arsenal. Dan? Man City. 
And I'm going to go Man, Man City oh. as well. But moving on, moving on to the game of the podcast, I reckon. Um, the battle at the city ground in the end saw a good, hard-fought win for Manchester United to take them up to third in the league. Dan, it was only 2-0, but if Rashford had been fit, would this have been 5-0 that maybe Harris predicted? Well, I'm glad you told me the scoreline, Scott, because I turned it off at 7-7. Obviously, I was expecting the three goals in the last 15 minutes, obviously due to Harris's uh, comments. But no, I think, uh, all in all, this is a massive win for the top four race, isn't it, to be honest? Uh, Especially... I don't want to ruin the podcast, but with other results this weekend. So, uh, yeah. Recording uh, on Tuesday. I hope people know the results by now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anthony is uh, a name on a a lot of people's lips this weekend. I thought he had a cracking game, obviously, setting up the first, well, scoring the first goal and setting up the second. So, yeah, he's a player that's come with a big price tag, hasn't he, but... Yeah, he did his he did his way in uh, earning a few good reviews this week, and I still don't think he's the player of what they spent eighty odd million on him. But uh, yeah, the player that I was most impressed with was uh, Christian Eriksen. So I thought they Manchester United controlled the midfield in the first half. They looked uh, comfortable. Uh, oh, Nottingham Forest did create a few chances, but. They also explain why they're down at the bottom. They're missing chances. And uh, a lot of the teams down the bottom are saying the same problem. They're creating chances, but they're not putting them away, are they? So at the end of the day, it's goals that keep you in the Premier League. And that's why Nottingham Forest is struggling, I think. Yeah. So just touching upon Scott's comment, you know, a a good, hard-fought win for Manchester United. Don't think you can say that. And to me, Man U should have won that game five nil. It had five nil <laughs> written all over it. Do you not think the VAR call was a big one? Oh, the Amber Maguire uh, against Harry Maguire in the nineteenth minute. I do, Dan. I do because either way, I see handball. it. Handball. Yes, hundred percent handball. Like, I don't like Maguire as it is. If his arm weren't there, where's the ball going to go? Like it bounced, it's bounced off him and gone somewhere else. So if his arm wasn't there, it could have gone to someone's feet who could have then smacked it in the net. But Forrest had... a penalty. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. It's a penalty. But if his arm wasn't there, it would have if just bounced. Probably... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But Forrest only had six shots, none on target. So. You you kind of you kind of read the stats and you see that Man United should have should have dominated the game. It's the it's a team fighting for relegation. It's Manchester United who has that reputation of being a good team, and you're saying that a two nil win is a good win. It's not. I think that's what a bad I mean win by, for Man United. What I mean by hard fought and a good win is Man United played on Thursday and very much bottled a lead. Their their main striker was injured. They're going to a team that have got a real fight on their hands at home where you think the fans would be right up for it. And I, I say hard fought on the merest of, of things of just, man, you look like they were always going to win that game once they scored. It wasn't like they, you know, they were having to defend for their lives and Forrest were creating chance after chance. I think there was probably five or ten minutes of pressure, but not a lot really. And 
I think if you're a Man U fan, you're pretty happy at the moment. I think you said, I think you're both right. I think the VAR decision is a massive call. And well, like we've said about the rules of the podcast, we always end up talking about VAR. <laughs> uh, Southampton are teetering on the edge, I'd say, Adam. Leicester, oh, it's going to be a job. A Forest, the third team that go down? Yeah. Yes. And I, I honestly, as much as, much as we joke about it, and I... I for every single team that I can in that relegation battle, I think I, I think it's Southampton, um, Forest, Leicester. Um, I just don't I don't see. It. I think I think Everton will end up doing something. Um, West Ham are starting to do something, despite only a point against Arsenal. The it's a point more than what the other teams around them have, have got. So, so, who are Everton doing stuff against? Well, we'll, we'll come on They've to Everton. We'll come on to Everton. Don't spoil Everton in case anyone's not seen the results yeah, sorry. yet, Dan. Don't, don't give the results away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's make our way there. I'm not sure if it's good news for Real Madrid's hunt for a champ- another Champions League, but Aston Villa did manage to win again and now have their eyes firmly set on Europe. Adam, when Unai Emery took over at Aston Villa, they were 16. They're now 6th. Is Unai Emery still not a contender for manager of the year? Yeah, I, I, I still wouldn't quite say manager of the year. He's done he's done a great job with a very standard team. They've got no world be, be, uh, beaters in that team at all. Um, they're gelling well together. Ollie Watkins is doing really well in fine form. And that's... I, they signed him from Brentford anyway because he's is a it's like he's a natural goal scorer. He seems to just always be in that right right position. But no, for, for him to be contender manager of the year, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. I mean, I'd definitely put Frank Lampard up there first. Frank um, Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he, he's doing it in. I you know on past on past episodes, I have said that I. I don't think Villa are, are any good, but the last two, three weeks, I've ate my words. Oh, I've gone the other way and bigged up Newcastle. So, uh, you know, sometimes we do have to eat our words. Um, Dan, it's, <laughs> when Stephen Gerrard was in charge at the start of the year, he took the captaincy off Tyrone Mings and dropped him. And he seems to have had a huge turnaround under Unai Emery. Watkins wasn't scoring goals. And like Adams just said, he, I, I can't remember how many he scored now, but he scored a fair few in a row in front of Gareth Southgate, which I'm sure will make zero difference because uh, Harry Kane's not getting dropped by uh, Southgate anytime soon. But Villa seems to be in some form, don't they? Are they going to make Europe? Uh, yeah, very good shout for uh, the Europa League. But just I think they've left it too late for the Champions League. I know there's a lot of calls out there that... Will they be challenging Newcastle now? And I've wrote, I wrote this down as they could chase Newcastle here. They're six points off them, and uh, Newcastle, Newcastle have played one less game, but Newcastle have still got Man City and Arsenal to play. So uh, yeah, they're going to be a late shout. Obviously, if if your manager of the season carries on the way he is, you can't uh. write him up, can you? But. Uh, <laughs> I still think there's a long way to go, but like like Adam said, uh, I'm absolutely in love with Ollie Watkins. Uh, I want him in the next England squad. Um, I'm not too sure about Tyrone Mings. I think he's, yeah, like you say, he's done a great job, but 
I just uh, something so, about me that they'll get picked off when they play the great teams like your Man City's and your Arsenal's. But so, no, so Dan, would you would you consider Emery manager of the like manager of the year? Uh, I see what Scott's saying. You look at his form, and he's got he's got an argument up there. But I still believe there's better managers yeah. this season. How worried should Newcastle be, Dan? Was it a one-off or should they be worried? I, th- I think, Scott, they've had a great season. You can't... Uh, I think you're probably finding a Newcastle side that haven't got as big a quality in the whole squad as what, as what they should have in teams challenging for Europe, if that makes sense, Uh I think they've had a great season and I wouldn't want Newcastle fans to think that, that the way that they may end the season is bad, but I think they'll tail off a little bit now, but yeah, they've had a great season, Scott, it, I think. All right. Okay. No, spot on. Makes a lot of sense, that, to be fair. Um, Spurs managed to be Spurs on Saturday afternoon and after re-listening to Thursday's podcast, I've unanimously decided I don't need to down my beer as Adam only predicted a draw. But Dan, how impressive was this from Bournemouth? Well, I'm glad you come to me first here, Scott, because uh, in answer to your last question, I didn't want to mention it then, but this bloke could be my manager of the season, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think if these stay up, on the team that Bournemouth have got, this bloke has got to be in with a shout of keep as manager of the season. That... that... I don't know. I don't know how to say it nicely to Bournemouth fans that are listening, but uh, this ain't a team that should be in the Premier League, surely. <laughs> Not over the twenty teams. There's they're one of the three worst teams, but he's he's doing a great job. He's making them fight down there, and yeah, the Spurs team missed a lot of chances. And you look at the stats, and I think they did uh, twenty four shots to Bournemouth had less than ten. So. Just showing that, yeah, you've got to be crucial on the day and Bournemouth are doing some bits down there. They really are. Yeah, it's always good for a smash and grab. You only predicted the draw, you you didn't have enough confidence in the win. (laughs) No, hold up a minute, though. Let's just just have a a look when these goals went in. So Bournemouth went 1-0 down, pulled it back to 1-1. Which I think was your prediction. It was my prediction, correct. Went to uh, two one to Bournemouth in the fifty first minute for Tottenham to think they've rescued the point in the eighty eighth minute. So up until the eighty eighth minute, well, eighty eighth to ninety fifth minute, the draw was coming in. Right? <laughs> I can't help it if magic happens and Bournemouth smash and grab the, the, the winner in the 95th minute. It actually looked like Spurs were going to win it in, in in actual fact, didn't it? It looked like Spurs were going to win it and they were putting yeah. all the pressure on and got caught on the counter-attack, but just shows yeah. you that you've got to still keep it uh, shut at the back, really, haven't you? Yeah, with, with the game being 15 minutes delayed as well, because for whatever reason, teams struggled to get to London for a three o'clock kickoff, despite <laughs> knowing who they're playing at the weekend, <laughs> all, all the commentary on um, on on Jeff and, and and BT was on that game because it was fifty. Everyone had finished and all focused on it. And when I seen that Tottenham would um, 
equalised. I was like, there we go, draws in. <laughs> I went until I switched off and then loaded up my scores in the evening and seen it at 3-2. I was quite surprised. <laughs> At the bridge, Frank continued to keep Chelsea's terrible season going, with Brighton putting on a fantastic dominant performance. Adam, what's more likely, Brighton in the Champions League or Chelsea relegated? Is this relevant or pointless? <laughs> uh, no, uh, neither. I, I, I don't. My opinions have changed on Brighton. Um, I, I, I think they're going to be there. They're not going to be Champions League. Um, they'll they'll be in Europe, whether it's Europa League or the Conference League. Hopefully, it's Europa League because everyone likes to play in the the important trophies, and not one that people just make up. Um, yeah. So, Frank, I, I I don't I still don't understand the Frank appointment. I don't I don't get why a club legend would want to go there to be a punch bag to try and rescue a season that has been doomed from the start. I still don't think they should have got rid of Potter. I think they should have had a long time, uh, long-term investment in him. Uh, I, I like, I like how, you know, Dan will be on my side about the chairman because he doesn't have a clue. He doesn't have a clue. Uh, I still don't know if he's made contact with James Corden yet. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just think for a manager like Potter, it, he was a long-term manager like Moyes was at Everton. Um, I mean, Moyes didn't do that much at Everton, but still. Um, a nice 2-1 win for Brighton. And once again, who steps up? Danny Welbeck. Uh, he's, uh, he's having a season, isn't he? Um, Dan, uh, Brighton go away to Chelsea and, uh, and beat them. Um, some of them have not done very often away at Stamford Bridge. Um, they put on one hell of a performance. I think they dominated pretty much throughout the match. Um, and that made Adam decide that they could no longer battle for the Champions League. Um, I don't know what more they could do, but for you, do they have a chance? The other bloke you've got on this show absolute baffles me, Scott. I just I don't <laughs> understand his comments. I really don't. So, just for our listeners, Brighton are in seventh position, playing yeah. twenty nine games, and they're one point behind Aston Villa. With two games in hand, Adam, let me just uh, read out Brighton's next fixtures and you can, I'll let you decide your comment again. <laughs> Forest, Wolves, loss. loss. Then Manu, win. Everton, loss. Arsenal, win. Southampton, <laughs> I think it comes down to that last game. I really What's do. That? It's against Aston Villa. It really does. That Draw. that is a big game. I think Brighton probably win four out of the last set. Well, they'll win four or five of the last games, and they will be in contention come the end of it. Yeah, you're saying that hoping that Villa, Tottenham, and Newcastle also don't win. Uh, that's the thing. No, they've they got two Newcastle games to in blow hand. up, don't they? They've got two games in hand. Yeah, but two games in hand still won't put them in Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> I, just... I, I think the point is that Brighton went to Chelsea didn't they, and dominated at the weekend, whereas Newcastle, they looked, they struggled, didn't they, at Villa Park? They really struggled. Um, 
and Dan's just read out the fixtures and uh, you know, if you if you were told Southampton, Forest, Everton through your next four games, you'd take that as a bit of a run-in um, to put some pressure on Newcastle. And really, you know, Newcastle aren't used to trying to fight for the Champions League, so just put them under a bit of pressure and see what happens, I guess. But uh, look, I think you're probably right. I don't think they will get the Champions League just because I think there's too many teams ahead of them. I think that whatever they finish, they'll have had a great season. I also, just to be clear, don't think Chelsea will be relegated. Um, it's just... Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, not what you've said. There's an outside chance. And uh, I think uh, old Chairman Clueless, his latest thing to do was he was in the change room or something at the weekend after the game, telling them all, don't worry, you've been rubbish, but we're going to beat Real Madrid in the week. So, you know... He, do, he doesn't fail to surprise us, does he? He doesn't fail to surprise us. I mean, oh, um, He's my hero. On Thursday, we spoke about a man called Diego. Diego Costa put on a performance for the ages, scoring his first goal in over 2,000 days. If only somebody had predicted it. Dan, how good was Diego Costa? I didn't want you to come to me first, Scott, obviously, because I don't want to brag about what I know and stuff like that. But I feel like you just got to ask Adam Harris this question, haven't you, really? I, I knew that he was going to score. I knew he was going to score. <laughs> it was so, the luckiest goal in the world. He's a bloke that we've known in the Premier League for a long time. A long time. Okay, I understand Adam's stats and, yeah, he hadn't scored in 16 or games, but he's a player that's come out of retirement. He... He bullies defenders, and he was gonna he was gonna get goals at some point. It was, I'm not saying he's a prolific goal scorer this season, but yeah, it was inevitable he was gonna score this weekend. I put a bit of money on it. it yeah, <laughs> Ivan Tony. <laughs> I tell, I tell you, as much, as great as Diego Costa was, and as lucky as that goal was, um, uh, the defender just plays it straight at him, doesn't he? Yeah. For, me, for me, I don't know if you've seen the VAR of this, but I, I've watched it, I think, four or five times. In the in the second half, I don't know who the Wolves that is, but it goes steaming down the edge of the box. And the keeper comes out. And the only way I can describe it is if you know when a lad's had too much to drink on a Friday or Saturday night and a bouncer just comes running and shoulder barges and takes him straight out, <laughs> out of the bar. That's what the keeper does. Now, the referee doesn't see it, and I'm not quite sure how he doesn't see it. But they go to VAR and the VAR goes, no, there's no foul there. How? <laughs> <laughs> what are they watching? Keepers do have different rules. I mean, it wouldn't have looked out of place at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. Um, Adam, you might have heard this before. Southampton are teetering on the edge. Leicester look like they're down. Are Wolves going down with them? No, I'm starting to think Wolves are safe. They're they're they're, they're doing bits again. Um, they're only five points off Chelsea. Um, I told you Chelsea might go down. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think they're safe. Um, they've they've again they've won the the last two. Uh, well, unbeaten in the last three technically, and again it's to that point of like Bournemouth. They're getting results when they need to. And and seeing this season, I think that that they know that this season has not been acceptable for them, and they're just going to try and um, tighten the screw up a bit more and and remain thirteenth. And they've got Kinderbreno at the back, so he's all right. Um, 
Hey, I did hear a thing that he was doing uh, something where this is the manager. Every time they keep a clean sheet, he takes them out for a meal. Oh, I reckon I've heard a manager do that quite famously before. Not quite for a meal. He did, didn't it? Oh, what was it? Pizzas or something, I seem to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. And uh, if you don't know the result, turn it down now. But <laughs> no spoilers about the Everton game, boys. But uh, a result none of the podcasts saw coming. As Fulham eased to a win over Everton. Adam, you've said before that Sean Dyche hasn't really had the bounce that you thought he would have. But this game, they were poor, weren't they? Yeah, they they were, um, and and Fulham just managed to uh, arrive at Heathrow, if that's their nearest airport, just in time. Also had the visa cancelled because they they looked like they've been listening to our pod, and like I'm sick of them saying that we're on holiday. <laughs> uh, they just I think it was like oh you know what come to think of it. Last couple of years we've been in the Prem. We've been a relegation battle side. Let's stir the pot and put some pressure on these other teams down at the bottom. I mean, Harry Wilson scores. I only called that a couple of weeks ago. It's a shame it wasn't then. Uh, but I, I rate Harry Wilson. Good player. But uh, Everton just didn't look like they had any any fight. And I, I really thought, as soon as Sean Dice got in there at Everton, I said, Everton up. They're staying up. They're not. They're not going down. Is uh, Dyche has got history with Burnley, uh, keeping them up and fighting with a not a weakened side, but a, a side that hasn't got a big player that can change games. So I'm a bit surprised that they've not really kicked in. And every week when the the scores come in, I'm hoping that West uh, Leeds, Everton, Forest all lose and. At the minute, Everton are are one of those clubs. Dan, um, to be fair to Sean Dyche, he's got Neil Moonpie up front. He's got um, <laughs> Damari Gray and Dwight McNeil. Um, where are the goals coming from for Everton? Well, well, I think there is goals in uh, Dwight McNeil and Damari Gray. I think it's the strike force this. The striking role that you are struggling with, but I just don't think there's enough creativity. I just think uh, you got McNeil and Damari Gray trying to create stuff out of nothing. They're not really getting much option. Damari Gray's having to run past two or three players uh, to try and have a shot on goal just because the midfield isn't good enough. He isn't getting options from anyone else. He's having to do it on his own, and so is Dwight McNeil on the other side. Yeah, to be honest though. I have to disagree against Adam a little. I thought, going up to half-time, I thought Everton were in the game. It was 1-1 at half-time. I thought Everton came out the stronger team, albeit they did. They got caught on the counter-attack for the second goal for Fulham, I thought, in the 51st minute. And they just didn't react after that. They absolutely got bamboozled by the goal in the 51st minute from uh, Harry Wilson at Adam's favourite bloke. <laughs> So, yeah, I just thought they didn't react after the second goal and that's where they were struggling. Then, Obviously, I listened to a lot of the reports of uh, Sean Dyche and he's, set, he's made it clear this is a problem that Everton struggle with reacting after the setbacks. And this is just a sign of it, it really is. But it could be too late. I think they're really struggling. Though. 
Adam, your current relegation three are Southampton, Leicester and Nottingham Forest. Um, do Everton change that? Yeah, if I want Leicester to stay up. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about what you want. I'm talking about what you reckon. No, it would, all, all it will do will, I, I believe Everton and Leeds will continue to make this a relegation scrap between the bottom the bottom five. Uh, yeah, between the bottom five. Uh, Everton aren't going to do much to get away from that either. So it, it's it's anyone's in that bottom five. Boys, boys continue to roll on and have surely secured top flight football for another season. Whilst, as we've already said, Southampton looking real trouble now. Dan, any way Southampton escape? One word, Scott, no. They don't. Uh, I think they've got a bloke that's not a manager in charge and they're now struggling. They're str- they've run out of ideas. The management's run out of ideas and they're getting picked off week by week. Uh, I just don't know where to start with them because I've been backing them all season. They were the semi-finalists of the uh, <laughs> competition. I feel like a mug saying it, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, there's no way out from now. I'm just yeah, I think that's the first team going down. To be to be fair, but uh, I'm not gonna shy away from it. I thought Palace, Palace played well. To be honest, they've always introduced a few players that wasn't in Vieira's plans. I know personally from my uh, dream team, I had Eze in it when uh, Vieira was in it, but. Uh, he wasn't playing as and now he seems to have yeah, took the reins off the uh, young lads and they're scoring goals, aren't they? Yeah. It's a yeah. good turnaround for Palace, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, it is. I mean, ten, ten shots on top, uh, ten shots at goal in this game, two on target, two goals. Um, Eze on both. I think it was a he got one. Fourteen minutes later, he gets the uh, the second. But looking at the stats. Southampton had more possession, more shots, more shots on target. I just, I just think that they're uh, the the morale's low at the minute. Spoke about a few different sides. Anyway, Southampton just don't have a finisher. That's their problem. They just don't have a finisher. And obviously, their morale being low doesn't help. But um, you know, now having a striker, I think, is more of an issue. But uh, it's good to have a new word every week. It's a good to have a new word. Uh, Neil Moon Pioneers morale. There we go. Anyway, last game, last game of the review. Um, one team down the bottom did concede at least five as Leeds lost to Liverpool 6 1 last night. We predicted goals, Dan, but it wasn't the magic of Monday night football I was certainly expected. I mean, there are a lot of poor teams in the league this year, but for you to lead, stay up. Uh, this is going to be very touch and go, isn't it, Scott? It's. Uh... They're, they're an attacking side, but they're open at the back. Well, the scoreline shows that they are. It really does. It's, uh, yeah. I thought I thought they had better chance with Jesse March, to be honest. I really do. But now they look like with this, uh, is it Garcia in charge? They're, they're not getting out of this fight easily. So I think they could be in it. I really do. I don't have much to say about them, to be honest, because yeah, 
I'm struggling. I just thought I thought Liverpool were class, to be honest. Yeah. I thought yeah. this was the old Liverpool. I can't say too much about them because probably next week they'll go and lose again. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see Jota back playing. Bear in mind when he signed originally for Liverpool, I thought forty million was way too much. But he makes Liverpool tick, and probably without Mane, uh, uh, Jota, Gakpo, and Salah they controlled the game, and it was probably. Mm. All in all, it was a nice game for Liverpool. Obviously, Nunes coming on and chipping in with the goals as well. So, yeah, they'll be happy with it, won't they? Your last chance in Adam tonight. OK, we spoke about them all. Southampton, Leicester, Nottingham Forest. Leeds. Yeah, Leeds are in there as well. Leeds are in there. In two, two games, they've conceded 10 goals. Now, that does not look good. That's... He, Forest and Leicester aren't even doing that bad. So if they keep letting these goals go in, it, it could easily turn around that they're in the bottom three with Forest and... 11 South. goals. 11 goals. Oh, apologies, Daniel. Yeah, 11, 11 goals. Uh, hey, goal difference could be crucial come the yeah. end of this season. Yeah, I think it's what, it's like 17 in the last four, four games Leeds have conceded, which is not a good stat. Just throwing numbers around now to confuse us. <laughs> What's the final, Adam? Final one, final bottom three. What are you going with? Final bottom three. Um, Southampton Forest leads. Oh, he's took him out at the last minute. That's your heart mm. rolling your head. Heart rolling yeah. your head. We're going to see where our twi Twitter followers disagree. I reckon. It's time for our next segment. Uh, and it's all to do with our majors, the Sunday League podcast for majors. Dan, one major sporting shock from the weekend. Well, I'm a bit of a boxing fan, Scott, so I've had to venture into the boxing world. Uh, I've gone for a chap that was potentially two fights away from a, a major heavyweight title fight against uh, Alexander Usyk. Joe Joyce being beaten by Jai Zhi. So, uh, Jai Zhang, sorry. I'm not uh, fluent in my uh, Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, uh, big shot. I did see the highlights. I did see the highlights. I tell you what, his, uh, his eye looked busted at the end, didn't it? His eye looked busted. I mean, yeah, it sure did. Sod doing that for a sport. I tell you that. A bit of a lesson after uh, Joe Joyce gave that to his previous opponent in his last fight. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Dubois, was it? I remember him fighting that Dubois. Yes. I don't know if he's fought anyone since. Uh, no, yeah. thanks Thanks for saving me there. <laughs> Adam, one major sporting mistake from the weekend. Oh, it's definitely a mistake, all right. These protesters ruining our sports. <laughs> <laughs> The tables are meant to be green, not orange. And not only that, is they're making the the horses hyper before the Grand National. Like, how can they do that to horses? Oh, like, this is a controversial opinion. Well, they're athletes as well. <laughs> I tell you, let's leave that one there. Leave that one there. Dan, one major sporting story from the weekend. Well, uh, as our listeners probably don't know, uh, myself and you, Scott, are, uh, we've got to share 
in a little club called AFC Crew. They uh, got promoted at the weekend. Uh, Gary Taylor Fletcher's Yellow Army. So, uh, yeah, great news. Uh, any other listeners are interested, uh, definitely give it a share on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we always appreciate the new likes. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity, isn't it? It doesn't cost a lot in terms of uh, being involved. It's all set up on Discord. Um, every, everyone's got their own voice and their own vote, and everything they do goes to a vote. So it's fantastic. You can really get involved in the club. They're, it's very much at the start of the journey. They've been through some ups and downs already. Um, like you say, they've ended the season with Gary Taylor Fletcher in charge, which for us three is fantastic as Leicester fans. We remember some stories of Gary Taylor Fletcher at Leicester and coming on at Stamford Bridge was a moment I'll never forget. But um, for, for AFC Crew, it's their first promotion. Um, they're moving into the Staffordshire Leagues next season. You know, they're, they're what, three or four, maybe five steps away from, from you know, Conference North. So, you know, they're on at the very, the very start of the journey and um, it's a great community. Um like I say, there's discussions all about AFC crew themselves and anyone can get involved and get in a job and be as part of it as they want. But, you know, it's there for well-being as well, which is fantastic. Um, there's a bit of football chat. There's a bit of every bit of chat. Some of the players are involved. So, you know, you're really part of a community. So, no, like you say, fantastic story from the weekend. And uh, up the rail, boys. Let's leave it there. Up the rail, boys. <laughs> uh, is, is entry still open to uh, put, put into this club, Scott? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, I think the the Gary Taylor Fletcher part has, has certainly um, increased the number of subscribers and, and got the story out there a bit more. But uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's, yeah, there's gonna... two levels. There's gold and silver, and uh, you can very much take your pick as to how involved you want to be. So no, if there's people out there that want to listen and want to get involved, it's a it's a great chance to be involved in a local football club and you know be part of it as it grows. Because I'm sure one day it'll be wrecked. One day they'll be wrecked. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I might, I might put some money in. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll join you two in the, in the joining. Hey, that's one new, one new person already. Adam, let's finish it off. One major sporting point for the week ahead. As you know, keen runner like myself with the gut like GTF in that Chelsea game. It's the London Marathon on the 23rd of April. <laughs> I won't be taking part, but. Um, <laughs> A family member is Jamie Stewart, who's uh, in the Royal Navy. He he will be running the London Marathon this year. Wonder if he can beat Mo Farah's time, two hours five minutes. Touch <laughs> him, Mo. I'll keep my eye out to see if he runs faster than Mo Farah. But in all seriousness, good luck to him. Um, I'm sure he's raising some money for a fantastic yeah, course. Yeah, good so, luck, Jamie. Uh, if you get the information over to us, we'll, we'll put it out on the on the Twitter, Adam, and we'll, we'll see if we get him raising any a little bit more money from our followers. So, no, fantastic story. Be- best of luck to him. Huh? Our final section of the pod, boys, is the mystery footballer quiz. And here's your challenge for this week. A striker who finished his career in 2002 with a goal-scoring record of 1-2 in two for Charlton, but he did play most of his career in Yorkshire and the surrounding area. The nephew of a former West Indian wicketkeeper he scored a hat-trick against his hometown team in the Division 1 playoff final. Adam, any thoughts? I hate these. Absolutely hate these. <laughs> uh, um, hmm, Cholton. Cholton played most of his career in Yorkshire. One's London, one's Yorkshire. Uh, I'll leave it with you, Adam. You've got to no, Thursday to have a guess. 
I'll leave, I'll leave it with you. Dan, any you got any early ideas? I know you got last week's. As soon as you said Charlton, Scott, I was like uh, trying to uh, scour my memory for the players. And I, well, I was just going, I don't know the years, but Darren Bent and Jason Yule were the first players to uh, sprung to mind. So show this, Dan. You can keep guessing because you've not got there yet. Okay, thank you, Scott. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk quickly about what we've learned. We've learned that Adams predicted his bottom three and all the way through he got Leicester in it until the very last minute where he took him out with his heart. <laughs> we've learned that it's quite good that Everton and Neil Moore, Moon Pie have some good morale to keep them up. We've learned that uh, whilst Brighton winning away against Chelsea, that if anything, it's diminished their chances of getting Champions League football. And we've finally learned that Adam is signing up to be another AFC crew member and the boys are all on the train. That's the end of this week's podcast, boys. And before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Twitter, as usual, at TSL Podcast 4. Dan, you've got the Facebook started. How can people find us on Facebook? Uh, we're just on the page at the moment as the Sunday League podcast. So, yeah, give us a, a like and a share. And Perfect. So we're going to get some love on Facebook. We're going to get some love on Twitter. We're going to get some polls going. Do you agree with Adam's bottom three? And boys, I'll catch you later in the week for our preview of this weekend. Cheers, Scott. Yeah, cheers, Scott. Enjoy the cheers, football. Man.